Spencer, your creativity is on par with my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter's. That's a feather in your cap, mate. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And make a part in about time too about not playing the NDE. It was free through all, and I heard him say, he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick, cause you're incapable AMs. Thank you, Mr. Music, T.J. Drennan. I'm Spencer, a.k.a. Free Thrall, and this is Keep Off the Borderlands. Here we go. Now, some of y'all might know this, and some of y'all don't. Some of y'all might get with this, and some of y'all won't. But listen... Hey Spencer, Happy New Year. Just listening to your latest episodes. Um, I've, I've only got a few minutes in, but I had to stop it and call you. Have a listen back. I don't know if you do. I think you do, because you're quite artful about these things. But uh, when you respond to Colin, I do this as well. I think other people do this. But you're, you're mirroring <laughs> of, of Colin's um, accent is really quite amusing. Just as, as Colin's message ends and you reply to him, listen to what happens to your voice. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. My wife's picked me up on it. She says I do it as well. Whenever I respond to particular people, I take on some of their inflections and uh, it just amused me that I heard it in you in that last episode. Anyway, I'll get on with the rest of it now. <laughs> Honestly, Dave, I've got no idea what you are referring to. <laughs> Actually, yes, it's, it's quite interesting that you've spotted that. It is something that I'm aware of. Obviously, it's not something I do consciously, but um, it's it's something that has worked to great advantage in my experience working as a counsellor because one of the most important factors of what could be described as successful counselling is the quality of the relationship, the ability to establish rapport with your client and um, picking up people's inflections and speech patterns is very conducive to establishing that. So yeah, Dave Aldridge from Deeper Centile there and I've got another message from him recommendations if you like your moral dilemmas i've no doubt you've played these games already they are not quite up there with fallout and the elder scrolls games which are uh, pretty much yeah if i'm going to sink a few hundred hours then that's the way i'm going to do it but mass effect and dragon age um the early games one and two in each case they, they, they're pretty similar. One's in space, one's fantasy. Otherwise, they follow exactly the same structure. <laughs> They've got um, nice tactical options. I suppose um, Mass Effect is more like a first-person shooter and Dragon Age is a little bit more tactical. But anyway, what they do is they set up 
a whole bunch of difficult moral decisions for you, which um, really twist the knife. <laughs> They're really hard. So if that's something you play for, I can really recommend those games. Dave is obviously referring to my uh, Black Hack episode where I spoke about the fact that I really enjoyed moral dilemmas and that that was something that I, I think I do look for when I'm playing a game. Uh, thanks for those recommendations, Dave. I've actually played all three of the Mass Effect games and I even enjoyed the third one, at least after they'd released the um, the add-ons that made the conclusion a little bit more satisfying, I've got to say. But Dragon Age, yes, I think I tried playing Dragon Age Origins and, yeah, for some reason or other, I didn't really stick with that. I didn't get too far into it. Um, and maybe I should go back and give that a try. I'm not sure if Origins has that same quality of dilemmas that you're referring to, but um, yeah, I might give that a go again. Hey Spencer, it's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. I just listened to your unboxing and uh, actually, you know, uh, Jeff's friend got him that book and you are right, that is a beautiful book. I haven't looked at any of the words or anything. I just saw it on his bedside and I've, you know, looked over when he was looking through it and oh my goodness, some of those books are just wonderful. You know, Simbaroon is one that's like that too. I can't remember, is that a Dutch book? Gosh, I can't remember. But anyways... Uh, I know the art in that one was beautiful. Um, it's a completely different subject matter. But I just wanted to say, congrats on getting that book. I hope that you enjoy it. And also, oh my gosh, do I love Story Cubes. Every set that I've seen, I have loved. I loved playing the original set with my nieces when I would go to Michigan for Thanksgiving. It was a fun um, opportunity to tell stories with them. Anyway, all the best. I hope your hives are gone. Hey, Liren. Liren from Updates from New York. Updates from New York? Jesus. Uh, Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere podcast there. And uh, always great to hear from you, Liren. Happy New Year to you and yours too. Yes, uh, Paleomythic is a lovely little book. Like you, just had a brief flick through. But yeah, very nicely put together with some wonderful art in there. And Simbroom, it's from Sweden rather than the Netherlands. But you're not too far off. Yes, that is a beautiful book. I don't own it myself, but the art in it is so evocative. And hives, yes. I wasn't really sure what hives were, but um, when I went to the dock and said, oh, I appear to have a rash, showed her my arms. <laughs> she was like, oh my God. Yes, that's what we call hives. <laughs> um, because my arms were just raised and red so intensely itchy anyway i got some uh, antihistamines which did the trick and it was all gone after a couple of days but uh no fun at all and obviously meant that i've been taking the painkillers uh the sciatica has calmed down but i've still got kind of a dull pain in the ass which oddly enough is my wife's pet name for me Hey Spencer, Jay, uh, just wanted to say I'm catching up on episodes, I'm way behind on my podcast listening and uh, I was really sad to hear that you had a bit of a uh, tough time with illness over the 
festive period, man. So I hope you're feeling better and hope you're well. But I just wanted to say uh, just thank you so much for this year. I've just gone in 2019 and um, that I look forward to perhaps gaming again with you in 2020. Um, I'd love to get back to the table, maybe Barbarians of Lumeria, maybe something else, I don't know. But, um, dude, don't be a stranger. Game on. Che Webster there from Roleplay Rescue, and it's always really great to get a message from you, Che. Thank you very much for your concern. Um, yes, I, I kind of... It was, it was a tough few weeks, and I kind of do that thing where I sort of muscle through, trying to hold it together, and then... Once I start feeling a bit better, then the sort of emotional element of it catches up with me and I start to feel like I'm falling apart. You know, but that feeling doesn't stick around too long. And as for gaming again in the future, certainly looking forward to more opportunities to do that. And it looks like you might be up for a session of the Black Hack, if I'm not much mistaken. Anyway, take care, fella, and I will speak to you soon. (laughs) Seems like the funny voices are spreading through the Anchorite community. (laughs) More's the better. More's the better, beauty. And it seems someone, or something, has got hold of Colin Spikepick Green's phone again. Yo, what up, Spencer? It's Joe. As I leave this, it's about 4.30 in the morning, and I have no idea why I'm awake. That being said, I had to call, because, Spencer, nothing you do is lackluster, my friend. Seriously, dude. You can just get that thought right out of your head. Anyway, that was a fair discussion about the OSR, and according to your definition, I believe I did. I do run a very OSR game, despite the fact that I play Pathfinder 2E, but that's just always the type of game I run, so cool for me, I guess. (laughs) Anyway, I also wanted to say that Sciatica and Skin Rashes is the name of my new band. Anyway, peace out. Joe Richter from Hindsight List there, and I've got to say, Joe, you're right, that episode probably wasn't so lackluster (laughs) not when you compare it to that message man (laughs) you need to get some sleep man i'm i'm only kidding i really appreciate you saying that and i hope insomnia is not a big problem for you because that is certainly very very difficult to deal with i got another message from joe but i'm going to leave that towards the end but thanks for your call joe and i do hope you were able to get some sleep. All right, last one from me, Spencer. Well, that might go double. I just wanted to thank you for picking up the gauntlet of the OSR discussion, one which I have currently bottled out of doing, but I think you've inspired me to add my to Penneth. I mean, I will, I'll be honest, my perception is that there is the occasional note of scorn when this question is raised. There's a little bit of, um, I don't know, Look, 
We've been around these discussions before. We all know what it, you know, what we mean by it, and let's get on with playing the games. And I think that's all well and good, except when you want an inclusive community, which wants to be inclusive of people who don't yet know what the OSR is or means. And it seems to me, if we're going to use that or identify around it, then we should be able to give some kind of account uh, to someone outside of that of what it is we are talking about. And I think I do differ slightly from you as well. So yeah, watch this space. And thanks again. Yeah, I have to say, Dave, apologies if I kind of, uh, I recall you asking that question and me responding in a sort of a, oh no, not this again kind of way. And I hope that that didn't come across as any kind of mockery. It was simply a acknowledgement of my own experience in trying to get to the bottom of the same problem um, and how it tends to simply throw up more questions than answers. But uh, I'm glad you appreciated the episode. And that takes us nicely into a slew of feedback for that episode regarding my personal take on the OSR. Uh, so let's get into those now. Hey, Josh Beckelheimer here, and I think you did a pretty good job of, of summing up what, you know, OSR is at the end there. And really, you could take most fantasy um, settings, not settings, but systems, and really adapt them to feel just like what you said is an OSR game. I mean, even there's like this two-page hack of Dungeon World called World of Dungeons, and the idea of that is taking the core mechanics of rolling the 2d6 of, um, you know, Powered by the Apocalypse, but it's designed to be deadly, and it's like taking Dungeon World as if it was created in, like, 1978 or whatever. It even has a fake copyright with a fake year. I believe it was 78. But, yeah, I think it did a good job at um, defining what it is. Josh Beckelheimer there from JB Publishing Podcast. And thanks very much for your message, Josh. I haven't really got anything to add there, although I am familiar with World of Dungeons, and I've taken a look at it, but I imagine I probably need to be more familiar with Dungeon World to kind of make sense of it. But it's an interesting-looking document in that it's very much designed to look like it was released at the time of OD&D. And it's interesting that I've got a surprising amount of people in agreement with my kind of arguably wishy-washy description of what OSR is, certainly considering that folks are supposed to be so divided over the subject. But uh, no podcast is complete without some messages from Jason of the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Hey, Spencer Jason here, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. To be fair, the idea of using January for everybody to find OSR, I'm pretty sure was Shandy Andy's. And I think Shandy, I forget exactly, I'd have to look back, I'm driving, but Shandy Andy said something to the effect that we should all define OSR in January. And then I said, that's the challenge everybody has to meet. And I kind of whipped up the fervor around it. But I'm pretty positive it was Shandy Andy's idea. 
So I, I definitely can't agree with everything you said. Um, I think your summation at the very end of OSR is pretty spot on for me and my experience. I actually have used ICRPG to run an OSR adventure, and I'll tell you about that here in a second. Okay, so I ran the Tomb of the Serpent Kings, which is designed to kind of teach people how to do OSR style play. I've run that, I believe that's the right name for that module. Again, I'm in the car. But I've run that with ICRPG, and it worked very well. So ICRPG definitely can do it. Um, I, I, I'm kind of like Hank. I don't know that OSR has a lot of value anymore, the term, because it's got so watered down. And to be honest, I, I, I'm, a, I'm over the idea of distinctions of role-playing games. Role-playing games, story games, whatever. I, you know, we're all trying to tell a story and have fun together, to me. So, emergent play, you're all part of that emerging story, so I'm kind of over all these definitions, but I will meet my own challenge and leave one. Because anyone that doesn't leave an OSR definition in January will make Shandy Andy sad. And and I think we all like Shandy Andy and we don't want to make him sad. Um, yeah, I just listened to your, I had a long day at work and just listened to your podcast and and I don't even remember what all you said. Uh, Spencer, I'm sorry. I, for, for the most part, I, I think you're pretty good. The other one that people call OSR based on kind on third edition is um, Dungeon Crawl Classics, if you think about it. And I don't think anybody will deny Dungeon Crawl, Crawl Classics falls in the OSR category. So, I don't know. I'll leave my own definition on my own show. But but like I say, I'm, I think these definitions of story games and adventure games. I, I almost think it's counterproductive anymore. But I'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Thank you very much, Jason. Um, I had said uh, that this whole idea of us describing the OSR had come from Jason, but he graciously points out there that it was, in fact, Shandy Andy who suggested it. Thank you very much for putting me right there. Um Yes, you're right. Tomb of the Serpent Kings is a, a great little dungeon by Skirples designed specifically to show players what to expect when playing in an OSR style, whatever that may be. And yes, I think Dungeon Crawl Classics is most certainly probably one of the best examples of what is meant by OSR. The only reason I didn't actually mention it was because I didn't realise it was based on 3rd edition. It kind of flies in the face of my definition somewhat, so another twist in the tale. Yeah, and I have to say I'm with you and Hanker in there as far as uh, questioning the usefulness of the term. It's an interesting term, but it seems to be increasingly nebulous and therefore less useful. But thanks for those messages, man. Hey up Spencer, Shandy Andy here. Just finished listening to your OSR episode, really enjoyed it. A lot of good points brought out there and it was very interesting to listen to your interpretation of it. Which I have to say is probably largely what mine is with a few minor differences. Anyway, 
I think you've inspired me to uh, actually sit down and plan out my own uh, episode to give out my view of the OSR. And hopefully uh, some, you know, quite useful will come out of all this discussion and various views that we've got. And if nothing else, it's been good fun, even if there's no conclusion at the end. Oh, and mental note to myself, do not make a cup of tea when recording, especially when you're stirring the tea bag and clanking the spoon up against the mug. Shandy Andy there of Unguarded Treasure B-52. Again, largely in agreement with some minor tweaks. Seems to be a running theme. And I've got no problem with a little bit of background noise, some goings on. I quite enjoy a nice little slice of life. I mean, where would we be without listening to the other Jason trying to podcast while Matty and Gadget are seemingly trying to tear him limb from limb? But uh, yeah, good to hear from you, Andy. I enjoyed listening to your episode too. Thanks for the call. Hi, Spencer. It's Barry here, aka GM Shadow, ring up in response to your OSR podcast episode. Um, just to say, I think you're pretty much bang on. We're saying it's about the simplification of the rules as opposed to, you know, the system itself that's being used that makes it OSR. I suspect if you walked into a room and asked 20 official OSR experts if they might consider themselves what the OSR was, you get 20 different answers. So, I mean, your answer is as good as any, and it tends to be what I agree with. I mean, if you look at some of the new retro clones, there's this whole O5R movement I'm seeing there where 5th edition is being retro cloned. So if you can retro clone 5th edition, you can probably retro clone almost any edition. Yeah, maybe not 3.5 and Pathfinders, but you could try. Um, just get rid of those redundant things like, you know, if you roll two points over something, that's how many feet you jump. Um, but you get the point, I guess. So yeah, I agree with you and um, speak to you soon. Bye. Always good to hear a new voice. Barry Dewey Robertson there, or GM Shadow, who's also got a new podcast of his own, just launched on Anchor, Shadow of the GM, uh, which I urge you all to check out. Thanks very much for your support, Barry. And again, largely in agreement from someone who sounds like he's been in the business for quite some time. So uh, maybe I'm not as clueless as I make out. Spencer, it's Hobbs. Hey, man, I finally got a chance to catch your show. I haven't caught too many of them, but uh, I really enjoyed listening to your uh, OSR definition. I've talked at length about the OSR in my definition. And like I always say, man, everyone's definition is their own. Really, all words are kind of like that. And the definitions also shift as time goes on and more people use them for different reasons. I'd have to agree that I'm not even sure that it really has a meaning that anyone understands anymore because it's in such flux. Maybe it'll figure it out, and maybe it does, and I just don't agree with it. I don't know. What I do know is you're the man. Free thrall. Love your show. Love you. Keep it going, brother. Wow. The original Jason. The man behind Random Screed, Hobbs and Friends, and Hex Talk. Thanks very much for uh, taking the time to listen, and... um. Yeah, as far as uh, the OSR shifting as time goes on, that comes up in this episode when I'm going to be looking at the term old school.
So next up, I want to give a bit of feedback to Joe Richter's second message that he left me, which I will play for you now. Hey, Spencer, it's Joe again, and I'm still awake, still pondering. And I'm wondering, with the inclusion of emergent narrative being a requirement for OSR play, does that exclude modules then? Are those old modules, like the old ones, Secret of Bone Hill, Sinister Secret of Salt Marsh, all that stuff against the Cult of the Reptile God, are those not OSR then? Because there's, I don't care what people say, if you're playing a module, yeah, you can do little things in it, but emergent narrative is not really one of those things. Because if you start doing emergent narrative, you're not going to be playing the module anymore. So what do you think about that? I don't know. Peace out. So, Joe, saving the best till last there. First of all, let me restate that I'm probably one of the least qualified to be defining what the OSR is. Secondly, I'm not familiar with any of those modules that you listed. But as far as I understand, most TSR modules up until about 84, I think, mid-83, 84. And this is something I've read, by the way. But those would be regarded as sandboxes. And I think even one of those that you mentioned there, I've seen referred to as a sandbox. Apologies, I can't remember which one it was. When I am talking, when I refer to emergent narratives, I am generally talking about sandbox play. Now, if there is a distinction there that I'm not, I'm not aware of, then please somebody let me know. I mean, I understand that some of these sandbox modules may have some kind of overarching narrative maybe there's uh, you know a boss or some event that is going to happen at the end of that module in order for it to be done and dusted perhaps i don't know so i i really cannot answer your query other than say that as far as i understand the idea of adventure paths didn't really start cropping up until after I think it was the the first Ravenloft which is cited as probably the end of a more sandbox orientated era but like I say this is just what I've gleaned from a little bit of investigating online so and that's about all I can say on the matter. Um, but there was something else. Um, in a discussion that I was having with Joe, Evil Jeff of Minions and Musings, and Rob C of Down in a Heap, also made a few comments during that Discord discussion. Uh, usually, when discussing the OSR, it's the R that's up for debate. But we got on to discussing what old school meant. Now this ties in 
with something that Andy Goodman was talking about in his most recent episode of Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. Interestingly, he began talking about old school hip hop. Now, if I could go off at a slight tangent there, I was a big hip hop fan. Me and a bunch of kids at school used to swap audio cassettes of electro albums and stuff and um, hip hop, what was coming out of the South Bronx really captured my imagination and it was something that almost like it was coming from another planet and I was just completely sold on it. The reason I mention that is because in my gaming group I was very much playing with fans of rock and metal and Although, you know, they were perfectly accepting of the fact that I wasn't into that, I did feel like a, I don't know, a bit of an outsider in a, amongst a group of outsiders. Uh, so I don't know how many other hip-hop heads are out there, but um, I certainly felt like I was part of a rare breed, a role-playing hip-hop fan. So, yes, I digress. Andy was talking about the term old school and how over time more and more stuff begins to come under that that idea of what constitutes old school hip-hop. It's a movable feast, much like the OSR. And, I mean, fortunately, the term old school is in the dictionary. Essentially, it means anything in an old style so it could be something from a previous era or something created in the style of a previous era so it doesn't necessarily have to be old and let me clear my throat a track by DJ Cool which actually references its own old school style within its lyrics so it's citing the fact that it's harking back to a previous era What's interesting as well is that that phrase, let me clear my throat, is taken from a Beastie Boys track on License to Ill called The New Style. So essentially we've got a, a rap record referring to its own old style sound, but referencing an old song called The New Style. And I just found that quite fascinating. And just to come back to the subject of role-playing for a brief moment because that's what you're all here for isn't it <laughs> i think it was chicago Wiz of um, dungeon master's handbook podcast that actually pointed out that there are people still playing the original edition of D D, and and it was suggested that if anything was old school it was that but you know considering that old school also means anything made in the style of a previous era. I wonder how true that is. So uh, I'm not sure where I've ended up. But I think that's all I've got to say about that. So, finally, here we are 
at the end of the episode. And if you're feeling completely unsure about my position on the OSR, don't worry, you have been paying attention. Because it feels that the further I've gone into this, the less certain I've become. So thank you for listening. My name's Spencer, a.k.a. Free Thrall. You've been listening to Keep Off The Borderlands. Thank you for all those messages. If you do want to leave me a message, please click on the anchor link in the description. You'll also find my email address there if you'd rather contact me that way. There's also a link to the Patreon of the music man, TJ Drennan. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.